introduction to iphigenia in taurus this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by expatriate in bangor maine iphigenia in taurus by euripides translated by gilbert murray eighteen sixty six to nineteen fifty seven preface the iphigenia in taurus is not in the modern sense a tragedy it is a romantic play beginning in a tragic atmosphere and moving through perils and escapes to a happy end to the archaeologist the cause of this lies in the ritual on which the play is based all greek tragedies that we know have as their nucleus something which the greeks called an aition a cause or origin they all explain some ritual or observance or commemorate some great event nearly all as a matter of fact have for this aition a tomb ritual as for instance the hippolytus has the worship paid by the trozenian maidens at that hero's grave the use of this tomb ritual may well explain both the intense shadow of death that normally hangs over the greek tragedies and also perhaps the feeling of the fatality which is rightly or wrongly supposed to be prominent in them for if you are actually engaged in commemorating your hero's funeral it follows that all through the story however bright his prospects may seem you feel that he is bound to die he cannot escape a good many tragedies however are built not on tomb rituals but on other sacred idea on the foundation of a city like the etnai the ritual of the torch race like the prometheus on some great legendary succoring of the oppressed like the suppliant women of aeschylus and euripides and the rite on which the iphigenia is based is essentially one in which a man is brought to the verge of death but just does not die the rite is explained in eleven fourteen fifty and following of the play on a certain festival at halai in attica a human victim was led to the altar of artemis tauropolis touched on the throat with a sword and then set free very much what happened to orestes among the tauri and exactly what happened to iphigenia at aulis both legends have doubtless grown out of the same ritual like all the great greek legends the iphigenia myths take many varying forms they are all of them in their essence conjectural restorations by poets or other wise men of supposed early history according to the present play agamemnon when just about to sail with all the powers of greece against troy was bound by weather at aulis the medicine man calchas explained that artemis demanded the sacrifice of his daughter iphigenia who was then at home with her mother clytemnestra odysseus and agamemnon sent for the maiden on the pretext that she was to be married to the famous young hero achilles she was brought to aulis and treacherously slaughtered or at least so people thought there is a subject for tragedy there and it was brilliantly treated in euripides iphigenia in aulis which was probably left unfinished at his death but our play chooses a later moment of the story in reality artemis at the last moment saved iphigenia wrapped her away from mortal eyes and set her down in the land of the tauri to be her priestess in taurus is only the latin for among the tauri these tauri possessed an image of artemis which had fallen from heaven 
and kept up a savage rite of sacrificing to it all strangers who were cast on their shores iphigenia obedient to her goddess and held by the spell of the altar had to consecrate the victims as they went in to be slain so far only barbarian strangers had come she waited half in horror half in a rage of revenge for the day when she should have to sacrifice a greek the first greek that came was her own brother orestes who had been sent by apollo to take the image of artemis and bear it to attica where it should no more be stained with human sacrifice if we try to turn from these myths to the historical facts that underlay them we may conjecture that there were three goddesses of the common aegean type worshipped in different places at brauron and elsewhere there was iphigenia birthmighty at halai there was the tauropolis the bull-rider like europa who rode on the horned moon among the savage and scarcely known tauri there was some goddess to whom shipwrecked strangers were sacrificed lastly there came in the olympian artemis now all these goddesses except possibly the taurian of whom we know little were associated with the moon and with childbirth and with rites for sacrificing or redeeming the firstborn naturally enough therefore they were all gradually absorbed by the prevailing worship of artemis tauropolis became an epithet of artemis iphigenia became her priestess and key-bearer and the word tauropolis which had become obscure was explained as a reference to the tauri the old rude image of tauropolis had come from the tauri and the strange ritual was descended from their bloody rites so the taurian goddess must be artemis too the tendency of ancient polytheism when it met with some alien religion was not to treat the alien gods as entirely new persons but assuming the real and obvious existence of their own gods to inquire by what names and with what ritual the strangers worship them as usual in euripides the central character of this play is a woman and a woman most unsparingly yet lovingly studied iphigenia is no mere sympathetic heroine she is a worthy member of her great but sinister house a haggard and exiled woman eating out her heart in two conflicting emotions intense longing for home and all that she had loved in childhood and bitter self-pitying rage against her murderers the altar of aulis is constantly in her thoughts she does not know whether to hate her father but at least she can with a clear conscience hate all the rest of those implicated calchas odysseus menelaus and most fiercely though somewhat unjustly helen all the good women in euripides go wild at the name of helen iphigenia broods on her wrongs till she can see nothing else she feels as if she hated all greeks and lived only for revenge for the hope of some day slaughtering greeks at her altar as pitilessly as they slaughtered her at aulis she knows how horrible this state of mind is but she is now turned to stone and has no pity left in her then the greeks come and even before she knows who they really are the hard shell of her bitterness slowly yields her heart goes out to them she draws orestes against his will into talk she insists on pitying him insists on his pitying her and eventually determines come what may that she will save at least the one stranger that she has talked with most presently comes the discovery who the strangers are and she is at once ready to die with them or for them 
as for the scene in which iphigenia befools thoas my moral feelings may be obtuse but i certainly cannot feel the slightest compunction or shock at the heavy lying which of us would not expect at least as much from his own sister if it lay with her to save him from the altars of benin or ashanti i suspect that the good people who lament over the low standard of truthfulness shown by even the most enlightened pagans have either forgotten the days when they read stories of adventure or else have not in reading this scene realized properly the strain of hairbreadth peril that lies behind the comedy of it a single slip in iphigenia's tissue of desperate improvisations would mean death and not to herself alone one feels rather sorry for thoas certainly and he is a very fine fellow in his way but a person who insists on slaughtering strangers cannot expect those strangers or their friends to treat him with any approach to candor the two young men come nearer to mere ideal heroes de roman than any other characters in euripides they are surprisingly handsome and brave and unselfish and everything that they should be and they stand out like heroes against the mob of cowardly little taurians in the herdsman's speech yet they have none of the unreality that is usual in such figures the shadow of madness and guilt hanging over orestes makes a difference at his first entrance when danger is still far off he is a mass of broken nerves he depends absolutely on pylades in the later scenes when they are face to face with death the underlying strength of the son of the great king asserts itself and makes one understand why for all his madness orestes is the chief and pylades only the devoted follower romantic plays with happy endings are almost of necessity inferior in artistic value to true tragedies not one would hope simply because they end happily happiness in itself is certainly not less beautiful than grief but because a tragedy in its great moments can generally afford to be sincere while romantic plays live in an atmosphere of ingenuity and make-believe the iphigenia is not of the same order as the trojan women yet it is a delightful play subtle ever-changing full of movement and poignancy the recognition scene became to aristotle a model of what such a scene should be and the long passage before it from the entrance of the two princes onward seems to me one of the most skilful and fascinating in greek drama and after all the adventure of euripides is not quite like that of the average romantic writer it is shot through by reflection by reality and by sadness there is a shadow that broods over the iphigenia though it is not the shadow of death it is exile homesickness iphigenia orestes the women of the chorus are all exiles all away from their heart's home among savage people and cruel gods they wait on the shore while the sea-birds take wing for hellas out beyond the barrier of the dark blue rocks and the great stretches of magical and unfriended sea nearly all the lyrics are full of sea-light and the clash of waters and the lyrics are usually the very soul of euripidean tragedy g m characters of the play iphigenia eldest daughter of agamemnon king of argos supposed to have been sacrificed by him to artemis at aulis orestes her brother pursued by furies for killing his mother clytemnestra who had murdered agamemnon pylades prince of phocis 
friend to orestes thoas king of taurus a savage country beyond the symplegades a herdsman a messenger chorus of captive greek women handmaids to iphigenia the goddess pallas athena the play was first performed between the years four fourteen and four twelve b c end of introductory materials recording by expatriate in bangor maine